Welcome, welcome everyone to Give God 90, Radio On Demand. My name is Jerry Mitchell, your host for Give God 90, and it is a pleasure to have you join me whenever you are joining. That's the glory of Radio On Demand. You can listen to it at your convenience. And if you are new to this podcast, you can download the Give God 90 app. It is absolutely free. Somebody else has paid for it, so you don't have to. Uh, the best part of that is you can download the the podcast you like. If you happen to have you know one that you really enjoy and want to keep, you can do that. You can search the archives. You can do all kinds of things because we've been doing this for uh, almost two years now, and it is there. There's just a lot of information there that we put out. Uh, I even reveal some secrets. Uh, well, one in in particular, I shared. Not too terribly long ago, I had uh, a lady chastise me, uh, and I will, I'm will i not going to tell you her name, and I, but I will tell you what she said. She said that she doesn't like it when I quote the Bible. And the reason she doesn't like it when I quote the Bible is she says, I quote it like it's real. And that, I'll be honest with you, it took me back just a little bit, and, and I had... Uh, to, to really regroup after she said that because I was really hoping that everyone who listened to this podcast felt the same way, that the Bible is real. Which is why uh, hopefully you would be listening to this, right? I mean, that would make sense, but that's okay. Uh, if, you know, she doesn't believe what it says, that is completely and, and totally up to, to her, that's fine. But I do quote it like it's real. I, I quote it quite often. Um, today I'm going to give you some examples. And what I'm going to talk about today, I, I had to go through the whole concept of what is sin and what is evil and what is just someone who may speak or act without thinking. Uh, you know, Our response to that, I, I had to kind of give you the background for all of that and that's over the past uh, four, I believe, uh, instances, maybe six instances uh, of our our podcast and even our Facebook Live on Thursdays. Uh, be sure, if you can, to join Myra and I f- for that. She joins me to kind of make sure some of the things I talk about on Thursday night when I'm doing it live, uh, I go back and make sense of because when I record these, I have the opportunity to go back and edit some things out if I think it doesn't make sense. Uh, but she's sitting there with me live, and we do that. And of course, when that's open, you know, our chats are available uh, live on uh, Spreaker. Uh, of course, you know, your comments are available on Facebook as well if if you want to join us that way. We just want to be able to get uh, the truth and the facts out to you as as we can as we are able to um, if you really enjoy these teachings that I do these little short 30 minute I try to keep them about 30 minute messages that is great if you want more uh, go ahead and look for two different books that I have out the first one is Tradition to Truth it is from Lulu Publication uh, basically, it's what it says. It looks into the traditions, legends, and doctrines of our modern Christian church and compares them to the Bible. The other is God's Universe, God's Rules. That's my second book. It's a little more in-depth. I uh, get into things in there like uh, divorce, uh, the differences between the demons, the spirits, and the devils. I get into uh, you know 
the the way that a church operates just a little bit uh some of the things they they talk about in there uh, I look at you know is if a church organization chooses not to allow someone in a leadership position depending on what what the problem is with that you know is it do they have a biblical foundation to stand on or are they simply uh, doing it because it is part of their social group understanding, uh, and, and I kind of kind of divide that out, so to speak. So you know, go ahead and, and grab them if you want a little more understanding. Uh, thankfully, I have people who actually are purchasing books now uh, in volume, and they're using them just to hand out to people in some instances. Uh, I know one particular person who is not terribly far from me. She actually almost, uh, she has a few copies she almost uses as a library. She lets people read and bring them back to her. And that, that's wonderful. I, you know, I encourage such things. Because this message needs to get to the people who need to hear it. Uh, and thankfully there are people out there who can afford to do that. Uh, they are giving these books out to the people who can't afford maybe to buy them, even though they're not terribly expensive, in my opinion. Of course, I'm the one that, that you know tries to make a little bit of money off of them. I'm going to be honest. I try. But, you know, that's just the way it is. So today, what I want to get into, now that all my advertisements are over, all right, what I want to get into <clears throat> is this thing we are seeing, especially in the United States, and it has to do <clears throat> with um, the way that Americans now <clears throat> are being told that we have to respond to aggressive behavior in some instances. Sometimes it's the way we're told that we have to respond to, um, let's just say, <sighs> dumb stuff, you know, for lack of a better technical term. Things that people do that aren't necessarily evil, they're not necessarily sinning against us. It, it's stuff that people do without thinking. And, and the best example I can come up with it, with this is uh, someone, you know, if, if you go through a traumatic experience, uh, either, you know, possibly uh, a, 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 an extremely bad you know, health situation, a health crisis. Maybe a traumatic experience for you might be the loss of a, a very close family member, a spouse, a child, something, you know, very close sibling, something like that. But when people come up to you and they, they, they want to comfort you through this traumatic experience, whatever it might be, <clears throat> but the words they use to express their uh, compassion sometimes are not the best words they can come up with, right? You know, if you happen to have had a, a stay in the, the hospital and you've had a a health issue and someone says, oh my, I know just how you feel. You know, my poor cat was sick a few weeks ago and I had to take her to the vet and she looked just like you do when she was there. You know, she looked like you do right now. <clears throat> the look on her face, that's not probably the wisest way to express your compassion to someone who is just overing a health scare. 
you know, comparing, uh, you know, the way that person might look to the way your cat looked when they came back from the veterinarian, not probably the best choice of analogy to use in that situation. Okay, they're just not thinking. It's not evil. They don't. They mean no malice, right? Uh, of course, evil really means that they are trying to separate you from your creator. They're trying to separate you from God. They're trying to do whatever they can to distract you. That's not their intent. Their intent also is not sin against you because, you know, well, let's just face it, they're just not thinking. You know, they haven't stolen anything. They haven't you know, committed adultery. They haven't murdered. They haven't gone through that list. They're simply not thinking about their words and their actions. And it's different when they do that. It is very, very different when they do that. So, uh, the, the greatest thing in the United States we see is this, this uh, for violence, behavior now is this thing called Antifa. This group of people uh, want to create violence against another group of people. And in the United States, we are being told and being taught that, well, you know, we've got to let them have their way. They, they, if we just back away, you know, everything will be fine. And ladies and gentlemen, Here's where some people are going to disagree with me, and I need you to bear with me through this whole uh, scenario. Okay, violence, okay, if it is forced upon you, you have two responses, two two ways to react. And the Bible describes this as well, all right? Let's look at the first one. Where Yeshua, where Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Now, if violence is forced upon someone who is a peacemaker, they are going to be given the words and the, the actions to express love, to express peace. They're going to be given that opportunity to show that and the Almighty will interject His Holy Spirit and and work that out in that situation. Now, we need to be very, very careful when I say this. There are people in the world whose gift, whose, uh, and, and some people might uh, want to say, well, their gift of the Spirit is this their skill set that they have been given by their creator prior to their birth is that they can be very diplomatic. They can interject a voice in a, in a volatile situation that results in calm. It, it de-escalates the situation and it really, uh, these folks that have that particular skill set will be in place, you know, they are put in certain places by their creator so that when they witness these things, when they see these things, they can simply speak, they can act, they can use those skills to have a calming result. Let's look at, you know, something else. 
that happens. And this is the one that we are far more familiar with. When a warrior, someone who has been given the skills of a warrior, someone quite possibly in the Bible like David, obviously given the skills of a warrior. Joshua, given the skills of a warrior. When aggressive behavior is forced on them, what did they do? They responded with overwhelming aggression. David walks out. Now, he only had one opponent, right? When he walked out into that valley against Goliath, he had one opponent. But what did he do? He picked up five stones. Now, sometimes you have heard me talk about David being willing to miss four times, right? David willing to be uh, you know, under the complete authority of the Father. Whatever the Father wanted done was going to be done, but David knew he, he was told to pick up five stones, and that's what he did. He picked five up. That's all he needed. Five stones... Uh, against one opponent, some would call overwhelming force, right? Um, modern terminology, sometimes we we would call, you know, we wouldn't necessarily call that shock and awe, but we certainly would call it overwhelming force. You know, here is this deceptive person coming out with nothing more than a slingshot against, well, I say a slingshot, nothing more than the sling, which was a, a, a military armament of the time but he's coming out against a much more powerful opponent and what did he do he killed his opponent not only did he kill his opponent he cut the head off of his opponent he made sure that everyone understood he had just defeated his adversary joshua Here's a warrior, he walked, you know, now he's leading this, this nation into the promised land. Okay, they get into the promised land, they walk around Jericho. This is, again, even though it doesn't seem like it, but an overwhelming force. And the overwhelming force does what to Jericho? It knocks down the walls of Jericho. It is such an overwhelming force that there's nothing left standing except one particular part of a wall of Jericho where a promise was made that it would still be okay and the people who were there would be all right. That's the only part of Jericho left standing intact. The rest of it collapsed completely. Now, we could argue, well, it was God that did that. It wasn't the Israelites. Let me let me say this to those folks. It was the Israelites who did that because without their obedience, it would not have happened. Had they not, you know, oh, I don't feel like going out there today. We walked around, nothing's happening. God's not going to do nothing. So we're just going to sit here in the shade and, and, and hope that the Almighty intervenes on our behalf. Now, I use that voice because, you know, let's face it, Folks, you've heard it in your own heads, right? I don't want to do that today. Oh, my whiny little self just 
you know, I just, it's tough out there. We've walked around three days in a row, nothing's going on, nothing's happening. You know, I've been at my job three days this week. I don't make a difference. Yeah, you do. You make a difference. That overwhelming knock-down-the-walls force would not have happened without every person's obedience. And that's what it takes. If you are a warrior and you are met with aggression, violent aggression, the Almighty has probably placed you in that position to defeat that violent aggression. Let me give you an example. There are groups of people who go out and protest certain things. And these protests, they hope, end up in violence. They go out and, and under the, the disguise of a peaceful protest, but what they're hoping for in the United States is a violent reaction. But they always protest a group of people that they think they can defeat or they think they can uh, film them being aggressive. Now, who are the people that they don't protest against? Think about this. The people they don't protest against are the people they don't think they can defeat. These, these people who do this are cowards. They really are cowards. And we can see it. If they were really the bold people they thought, you know, they would go protest you know, motorcycle gangs like Rolling Thunder, right? Now, most of Rolling Thunder uh, are injured vet, uh, veterans who are battle-hardened. They have been wounded in battle, okay? That's a lar- they make up a large portion of this motorcycle group called Rolling Thunder. This group has seen battle. They are battle-tested. They know what's going on, the majority of them. Not all of them, but the majority of them. Some of them, yes, are my friends, so I know who's in these groups, right? That's how I'm able to say this. Not one of these cowardly protesting groups is willing to stand up and say, that ain't right. What you're doing is wrong. Instead, they go out and they will protest mourners at a funeral, for instance. They will you know, go out and they will protest... Uh, smaller groups of people that they think they can sucker into a situation. Sometimes that happens. Here's the thing. The peacemakers, when they are faced with that violence, they are going to react in a way that will dissolve the violence. Some, however, sometimes... It doesn't always work that way because there are warriors in that group that, the, that don't want to be involved with the violence. They, they, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know. I know a lot of warriors. I really do. I know a lot of warriors. I don't know any of them who wake up every day looking for a fight. Most of them you know, try to do everything they can to avoid a fight. Sometimes it's impossible to avoid a fight. If we look in other countries, there are times when violence is forced on a group of people. And it's forced on a group of people that have 
no real training in how to respond, whether it be peaceful or whether it be warrior. You know, these folks who are, are and I don't want to use the term ignorant of either their skills or their abilities, but they just don't know what their skills and what their abilities are. Uh, I happen to uh, know someone who was in a position to witness one of these groups. And he said it was terrible. They were not allowed to, to get involved. But the aggression in one of these groups, and this was in a foreign country, the, the aggression towards one of these groups was such that these people could have, very possibly could have, defeated the aggressors. He said, had anyone actually said something? Because the aggressors really didn't start out being that aggressive. They started out you know, doing that, that kind of poke you in the nose kind of a thing. You know, the, or put their finger in your chest kind of a thing, maybe I should say. That's how they started. But it, it quickly advanced when nobody was able to speak up and, and be that peacemaker. It quickly advanced then to a, a really violent, aggressive attack. And there were no warriors, while there may have been warriors there, there were no warriors there who were trained to respond to that. And the result was the massacre of a group of people. Okay, it's that simple. There's no other way to put it. Now, having said all of this, and I hope you're still with me, because yes... Uh, I know that that we are, as believers, we should do everything we can to promote peace. We should do everything we can to promote love. However, let me say this. There are certain times when we do look at the proper reaction, the proper response to aggression is overwhelming force. That should not be our first response. Our first response should be, you know, attempting to make peace. If there's no peacemaker that is there with the skills to do that, but there is warriors there who can defeat the aggression, then by all means you defeat the aggression by such overwhelming force that the people who would plan those type of attacks are absolutely terrified to ever try it again. And and we have biblical foundations for that. There are biblical foundations for making peace. Okay? That that's easy. You know, that should be our first our first response that we try for. If that's impossible, you let the warriors take over and you let them defeat, you know, if they have to defeat evil, they have to defeat evil. If they have to defeat sin, they have to defeat sin. If they have to defeat somebody who simply isn't thinking, then let them defeat somebody who isn't thinking. And again, you know, you, you've heard, if you've listened to me for very long, you've heard me say this. The nation of Israel today gets into a lot of trouble with the world view because the nation of Israel, quite often, when they find these terrorist cells, 
they will, you know, defeat the terrorists, whether they put them in jail or whether the, the terrorists wind up being killed. And the you know, nation as in Israel will examine the homes of these terrorists. They will examine the places where they met. And if need be, what do they do? They tear down the structure. Because what happens, and, and we see this biblically, ladies and gentlemen, there are times when that structure needs to be demolished. There was a time when things were so bad in a place called Sodom and a place called Gomorrah that complete and utter and total destruction was necessary for an entire region. It wasn't just Sodom and Gomorrah. There were other towns around that. The Almighty says it's up to him to do that, but he uses sometimes people that he has given those skills to do it. And when the people who have been given those skills perform those tasks according to Scripture, when, let me say that again so this is very clear, when the people who have been given those skills, and it doesn't matter whether it is a peacemaker and it doesn't matter whether it's a warrior, but when they use those skills that they have been given according to Scripture, that is when we see the result that the Almighty wants. Sometimes it is complete and utter destruction. Sometimes it is a peaceful resolution. Quite often the choice is up to the aggressor. I can say, <clears throat> if you watch the news very carefully, you can witness this in the United States, there will be something happen. Sometimes there are peacemakers in that crowd and they will step forward and bring a peaceful resolution. Sometimes, and, and if you're carefully watching, you can watch that there are warriors also there who are standing back letting the peacemakers be diplomatic. Again, in, that, in these situations, if you'll watch very, very carefully, you will see, you know, peacemakers step through the warriors sometimes. Because a lot of times a warrior's first reaction is, is training, skill. And they are trained to respond to aggression with aggression. And you will see the peacemakers step through that line and be diplomatic. Sometimes, though, <clears throat> sometimes what you're going to see is the peacemakers realize that the type of aggression that's coming, they don't have the skill for. And they will step back and let the warrior go forth. What I'm, I'm not promoting violence. And I know that might be what it's sounding like. But what I am promoting is when violence is necessary, and sometimes it is. Sometimes violence is necessary to defeat aggressive violence. You do so, and you make it so blatantly 
obvious that when this, if this ever happens again, what's going to happen is the complete and utter destruction of everything that you know, brought that. When I was thinking about speaking about this, I was reminded of a movie years ago with Kevin Cosner and uh, Sean Connery. And it was called The Untouchables. And if you remember that story about Al Capone and, and The Untouchables, Elliot Ness and that, that whole scenario, <clears throat> Sean Connery delivered a, a short monologue in that movie. And, and it was about what he called the Chicago way. And he said, you know, if they hurt one of yours, you kill two of them. Right? If they kill one of yours, you kill ten of them. That's the, that, that's the Chicago way, as, as, as Sean Connery was speaking at that time. And I know that's a poor uh, uh, interpretation, uh, you know what I mean, imitation of Sean Connery, but that's the best I got. When, and I have to be careful how I say this, when Satan sends whether it is sin, whether it is evil, or whether it is just somebody who doesn't know any better. And they attempt to harm one of the Almighty's. I can guarantee you he has people in place in that situation to respond. The Almighty already has put people in place with the skills they need to respond. Sometimes it might be a police officer. Sometimes it might be, um, you know what? It very well could be nothing more than a young child sometimes who can speak peaceful, who can speak peace to a violent situation. Sometimes the person who responds may be somebody you don't expect. It could be a nurse, it could be a doctor, it could be anybody. But sometimes it's a warrior. Sometimes it's a warrior, and we need to let the warriors do their job. Ladies and gentlemen, don't think I'm promoting violence, I'm not promoting violence. What I am promoting, what I am saying, is that sometimes we need to let God's people use the skill that God put into those people to do their job. Hopefully, it's peace. But if it, hap- if it needs to be violent response, let it be violent response and let it be so overwhelming. Let it be so... Uh, uh, what's a good word for this? So godlike in that response that these people understand they're not battling another group of people. They are battling the Almighty Himself because it was Him that put these folks there. It was Him that, that gave these people the skills. It was Him that gave these people the opportunity to stand not for themselves, But they stand, just as David stood against Goliath, they stand against the people who would attempt to defeat and defame the name of the Almighty.
I know this was a tough lesson for some people. I know this is tough to hear for some people. But we need to let God be God. Because sometimes he will use overwhelming force when he needs to. Rather choose peace. But if it needs to be force, we need to see it. We need to realize what it is. And we need to let God be God. Okay? Again, I know that was tough to hear. But it needs to be heard. It needs to be understood. And it needs, really, to be allowed. Sometimes we just need to get out of the way. Sometimes, and I I wasn't going to go here, but I'm going to go here. Okay? For those of you who don't want to hear this, now's a good time to turn this off. All right? But for those of you who think you can, can bear to hear this, especially in the United States, sometimes what we need to do is remember what the, our founding fathers did in, in the United States a couple of hundred years ago. They were willing, they were willing to say enough is enough. They were willing to say, you know, the aggressive acts of the king we will no longer tolerate. They were willing to, to throw off the uh, magic carpet blanket covering of another country and say we can make it on our own if, here's the if, if God so ordains it. Obviously God ordained it or it wouldn't have happened. This country would not have been formed without the blessing of our creator. I'm not saying we need a violent revolution today, but I am saying when God's people are met with violence, sometimes our proper response is violence. Hopefully it can be peaceful, but sometimes the warriors are needed. And we need to take the muzzle off of them. We need to stand back and let the people that God has chosen to deal with the situation deal with the situation. Tough to hear, I know. Tough, tough, tough. Especially in these times. But think about this. You know, when the Almighty chooses that time of tribulation to begin around the world, It's not going to be peaceful. When the Messiah comes, it is not going to be peaceful. It's going to be after extreme violence. That's what the tribulation is. It's extreme violence worldwide. It's a terrible situation. So, you know, (laughs) wish it could be peaceful, but it's not going to be. Read your Bible. He says, "There's it's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. There's going to be war. There's going to be earthquakes. And I'm not saying that the earthquakes this week in California were the beginning of it. Not at all. No, no, no I'm not going there. What I'm saying is, it's not going to be. You know, we see the end of the result. You know, the lion laying down with the lamb. That's what we see. What we don't want to think about is how we get there. You know, the way we get there, the way we wade through 
And, and some of us aren't going to survive. The majority of us aren't going to survive. It says so in Scripture. You know, when you take a third of the people away, you know, that's a third of the people. When you take another third, that's not two-thirds of the people gone. That's a third plus a third of what's left. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. When you start cutting down the population in those numbers, it's not a peaceful resolution. It's a violent, 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 aggressive act. The Almighty will prevail. He will win. What we're doing, what our job is, is to bring comfort to all of those who are surviving. The people who are coming towards us are looking for answers. And we have to be willing to respond. We have to be the ones willing to offer those words of comfort. We have to be the ones willing to say, even in this turmoil, in this tribulation, your life will improve if you're willing to follow the Father's instructions. Ladies and gentlemen, I know I've gone way over on what I usually like to go. I thank you for the ones who are still listening. Have a blessed, blessed week.